Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Trahune. Joining me for the 87th time on the program, Mr. Vinny Lanford. Vinny, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Brent? Good. It's uh, are you? Hopefully, you're ready to get abducted by some UFOs slash aliens because that's what we're talking about this episode. Well, no butt stuff. Well, that's that's all. <laughs> If I was an alien, that's specifically what I, I'm not in it to learn about your new world. I just want different All kind of butt stuff. stuff. Uh, and dear listener, uh, Vinny's been on the show several times. If you like this episode, you probably will like the Bigfoot episode that we did. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's coming back around to be relevant once again. Our history of Halloween episode, Vinny. Uh, oh, just we're just at the time of this recording, a couple months away from Halloween. So what's old is now new again. Yeah, go listen. And uh, we were just talking before we turned the mics on here. You are already, this is the beginning of September at the time of this recording. And you you have how many treat bags ready for Halloween? Uh, At least 600 at the moment. And you're going to give all those away? I had, I want to say 650 made up last year. Mm -hmm. And I ran out before the night was over. Like about 15 minutes before trick or treat was officially over. Yeah. But I did have to start like breaking down the bags into Mm -hmm. pieces of candy rather than a little treat bag of candy. It was, uh, you're getting Ziploc bags with the the heel piece of the bread with a regular (laughs) piece of bread in it. (laughs) Sandy, go in there. (laughs) What kind of shit we got in the cabinets? (laughs) I remember one time I did, somebody just handed me a handful of change uh, as they ran out of. (laughs) candy my grandma used to just pop popcorn in her house like in Mm -hmm. that that one where the the metal rod mix slowly mixes the popcorn across a hot plate and then it pops then you use the top for a bowl so grandma would do that and then put that in sandwich bags Mm -hmm. and not the ziploc kind that kind of the kind you you buy weed in (laughs) you're a drug dealer yeah that's the kind my mom sent to school uh, sent my weed to school in was those, <laughs> those little, we never had the Ziploc bags. Yeah. So it wasn't the Ziploc bag and, and there was no butter and no salt on it. It was just a bag of natural popcorn. And that's what grandma gave out to the neighborhood kids. Raw. Yeah. But yeah. better than nothing. I said better than having your porch light off, I suppose. A- and you would never get away with doing that now. Like, no. Everyone who, even back then, everyone who got that, their parents mm-hmm. immediately threw that in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. Even <laughs> it's hard to put a needle in some popcorn, but, uh, yeah, yeah. T- I'll, I'll take the needle if it's got some butter and salt on it. <laughs> you better believe that. Yeah. If I taste it and there's no sea salt on it, which I can tell it's going in the garbage. <laughs> this doesn't taste like the ocean. Uh, but, but Vinny, I'm, ha- I had you on because you, as far as you know, you've never been abducted by aliens, but I'm here to, break Not that it I can to remember you. Yeah. you have no, what those aren't hemorrhoids that you have. <laughs> I, and this I don't is like know. A, this is your life and diff- yeah. this is- comes out with ET. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> this is Maury. The lie detector determined you have been abducted. <laughs> uh, now you seem like I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say, "Hey, do you want to do this top?" I said, "Do you want to do this topic?" But I didn't say, "Is this a good topic for Vinny Lanford?" But I assume <laughs> uh, that this is a good topic for you, Vinny. Right? You, you're into yeah. aliens, and I know you're a huge Star Trek fan. Oh yeah, huge, huge Star Trek fan, and I've always been into this, like the cryptids and the aliens. Like since I was a kid, me, me mm-hmm. and my best friend were the two weird kids in our small town who, the school library got everything about UFOs and Sasquatch mm-hmm. and ghosts and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah one of my sure. science fairs was aliens or UFOs. I don't remember. I did everything in my power to not do real science stuff. So I did aliens one year. Another one was Bigfoot. Anything to not actually learn about uh, microorganisms and biology. And true applicable science. Yes. You would have no part of that. Yeah, but hey, if I knew enough about it, I could be on the History Channel right now if I wanted to. That's fair. That's fair. Um, So let's let's jump right in to, I guess I'll ask, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in UFOs? Do you believe in alien abductions? Those are three different questions. Um, I'm going to say firm yes on the first two. Yeah. So aliens and UFOs. Yeah, I definitely, I think it's arrogant to think that we are the only intelligent life in the cosmos. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think most reasonable people, as as big as the universe is or we think it is, and plus whatever universes we don't know about, I think we kind of all agree there's probably at least something living, if not intelligent, life. Yes. Uh, I do. There has to be one of these infinite worlds has to have intelligent life. They've mm-hmm. probably been around a lot longer than we have. Mm-hmm. Of course, their technology would allow for interstellar travel. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, so I believe, so that's the UFO as well, or the UAP or whatever they're calling it these days. Yeah. Uh, Times have changed. But, so I guess maybe I do, I, I think abductions are obviously possible and probably have happened. I just don't know that they have happened with the frequency that we would like to be led to believe. Yeah. Um, if there was an intelligent species out there, of course they're going to be observing us. Mm-hmm. Of course they're going to be observing us. It's uh yeah, we we talked on the Bigfoot episode, the the point I made or you made or everybody makes is now that we all have a camera in our pocket literally where are all the Bigfoot pictures, you know? Right. So it, it's one of those things of maybe the, what the the times we've actually heard about these things some of them will be hoaxes, but man, do I still love a good hoax. We both have over our shoulders the picture of Bigfoot crossing the creek bed that was signed by the guy. Yep. So, yep. Bob Gimlin, we sure do. Yeah. And again, I said on the Bigfoot episode, I don't care if it's fake. I like <laughs> right. it. You know? You're right. I, I don't, but everybody's got a phone in their pocket. But with this, we have seen a shitload of it. Mm-hmm. The UFOs. Like, we are seeing a shitload of it ever since there were more cameras. So. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I'm not even going to say it's possible. I mean, it, it has to be. Yeah. And, and just because it's a UFO, that doesn't mean alien. That just means unidentified or aerial right. phenomenon. So what, what that is, I don't know, but it's, I guess it's more fun to believe. Yeah, I agree. But I definitely think there's extraterrestrial lives. 
Here's some signs is from psychology today. Five traits that you could that could get you, quote, abducted by aliens, certain traits that may lead people to believe in alien abduction experiences. So if you have some of these traits, you're probably more inclined to believe that maybe, hey, I've been abducted by aliens. Hmm. So uh, number one would be sleep paralysis. This is when I've I've had this before when I was younger, not so much recently, but. You're stuck in between sleep and awake, and I can't move. So, but I'm still awake enough to see the room. And, you know, they say there's hallucin hallucinations, flashing lights, and stuff like this. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? I never have. I, I have a friend in particular that had a bout with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, his hallucination if, if yeah. was uh, a tall black shadow figure with a hat and i've listened to enough like paranormal podcast over the years driving around like the tall the tall man or the hat man is like a phenomenon that yes. you hear about yep now if that's if that's true or if that's just how things happen to manif manifest in the human brain i don't know but that's still i can tell you that this was pre-internet okay so we'll, yeah, we'll talk here shortly about a phenomenon in general. So the next one would be false memories, a tendency to recall false memories or uh, it's called false memory syndrome. That is alien abductees regularly claim to recall words, items, sentences, etc., and memory tests that they had never actually seen before. And some of these are in hypnosis uh, where they're kind of steered into certain questions and they answer positively just because they were asked about a certain thing. And see, I'm skeptical of hypnosis. Yeah, I am too. I, That's one thing I'm not all on board with. And maybe, and this isn't a, a brag of any sort. It's just, I think I'm too strong willed for that to ever. I don't, I don't think I can, I don't think I could ever relax enough <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. And I, I, this is a, uh, we'll, we'll cover this point and come back to, to hypnosis. Another thing is high levels of absorption. The trait is related to fancy, uh, to fantasy proneness, uh, vivid imagery, susceptibility to hypnosis and suggestion. Because of this, it is probably not surprising that many alien abductees recall their experience under hypnosis where memories of abduction can be induced through suggestibility. So again, that's another thing of, uh, you're open to more fantasy ideas and and stuff like that. I will say, Vinny, you don't, you probably don't know this about me, but I was uh like hired to like help punch up, as in add jokes to a bunch of hypnotists act. <laughs> I was really, yeah, it was Matt Holt who's been on the show. You know Matt, yeah. Yep. Uh, we were hired to, there's a, a hypnotist that tours the, the clubs and stuff. He was doing like a seminar on a weekend to help other hypnotists learn how to not necessarily learn hypnosis. Cause I think they had learned that part, but he was teaching them how to build a show. Cause okay. how, how do you, how do you go to an open mic and hypnotize somebody for six minutes? I just, it's a lot harder than working on your type five, you know? <laughs> So he was having us uh, break off with these different hypnotists and learn, hey, what is their character in hypnosis? What is their angle with hypnosis? And I would see 
people go under and be hypnotized and it would be whether it be people in the group, but then also seeing a live show. I've seen a couple different live shows of hypnotists and to think the effort that it would have to go, you'd have to go to, to go on Craigslist to find 12 people <laughs> that are willing to come to your show and, and fake hypnosis. I believe that you can be hypnotized, but you also have to be willing to be hypnotized. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that my guard would ever be down enough. Yeah. To, to get to that point. Yeah. Because like, and, and with a comedy hypnosis show, it's like, Oh, your character, you're a Chinese rapper and you're rapping in Chinese. And <laughs> like, I've seen these people make a fool of themselves. Of course they're hypnotized and we're all in on the joke besides them. But I'm like, I don't want to be a Chinese rapper. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be that funny that way, you know? Right. Right. The butt of the joke. Yes. Uh, number four would be new age beliefs. People that possess new age beliefs score highly on uh, measures of magical ideation and endorse new age ideas that encompass beliefs about afterlife uh, medicines and healing astrology, fortune telling such beliefs would certainly allow the individual to accept things happening to them. That would be dismissed by existing scientific knowledge. So again, that. if you're more open to certain, what, what many would people call crazy things, <laughs> which also those people also believe in crazy things. It's just that everybody else has believed those crazy things for a long time. And now right. that's the norm, you know? Yeah. Uh, number five would be familiarity with cultural narrative of alien abduction. Uh, as cultural phenomenon, alien abduction has entered folklore and the images and descriptions of aliens and their spacecraft have become familiar to people. So I guess it would be part of, I, part of it would be Marty McFly tricking George McFly into Darth Vader existing and stuff. And then, how how you it's kind of in the culture to believe in aliens and we see that gray alien with the big eyes and then right uh, oh it's crazy that w when you were abducted that's the alien you saw because it was the alien you were familiar with you know right yes so yeah, those are I the definitely, yeah I, yeah I definitely think that is a big part of it and and that the alien with the Oh, you know, he had a big gray head eyes that were almond shapes like yeah oh we yeah we've all watch those shows yeah of course you mean south park aliens those are the south park aliens you know Again, i know i i swear i heard that on unsolved mysteries when i was a kid like that yeah. description and any any kid or anybody who heard that description then mm -hmm. that's going to be what your brain conjures up every time when they see the police sketch artist photo of it and it's scary as shit to see a gray <laughs> you know and yeah. Again, that's why, hey, maybe somebody heard of the hat man and then that's how their hallucinations manifest yeah. Yeah. as it was already, you know, I'm wondering when we're going to start seeing Captain America's and <laughs> Batman <laughs> in our hallucinations, if they're already in the, the culture. Now, Batman I came to me on a piece of toast. <laughs> yeah, it's always Jesus. It's never long haired Bob Seger, you know? <laughs> Now I tried to find a list of this stuff and I couldn't find one. So Vinny, I'm asking you to chime in here if you can think of anything else, but there are certain things with alien abductions that are kind of common when you, when you hear about somebody pre being abducted during abduction and after. So they always see a bright light There's yep. missing time. 
Sometimes they'll find objects in the body after the fact. Uh, similar descriptions of aliens like the greys. Uh, surgery settings, bright lights, and they're working on me. Is there any other stuff that you can kind of think of when you hear of an alien abduction story that that comes to mind? Um, there was a baby mm-hmm. that was a hi- looked to be a hybrid. Oh yeah, hybrids. <clears throat> that one's the Prius always, of the aliens because because they always do sexual shit to these people mm-hmm. when they re- recall it, and then they see off of that they either were made to hold or they saw a baby that appeared to be a hybrid. Like you hear that, that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I will say I, I'll throw in butt stuff or navel stuff. They always do the yes. navel. Yes. Uh, there's people talk about there. There's the taller, thinner ones. Mm-hmm. And then the smaller gray ones seem to be the minions. <laughs> that seems <laughs> to be a, a hierarchy. A, <clears throat> yeah. That seems to be one that you hear. Um, um, and if you think of more, think. I put you on the spot, but that it was like, there was not like a list that I could find. I went to the third right. page of Google. That means I'm doing some research, Vinny, <laughs> but it was like common things that you, you kind of see during alien abduction. So we're going to jump into something here, but if you think of any other kind of traits okay. that pop out, Got it. so we're going to probably cover some one that I know you definitely have heard of and talked about. Uh, but some that you maybe had never heard of, but probably this one's one of the most famous ones. It's Betty and Barney, not rubble, but Betty, <laughs> Betty and Barney Hill, or yes. uh, they'll call it the Hill abduction or the Zeta reticuli incident. So you've heard of this one. I have heard of that one. Yes. Okay. Now this one, uh, I will say is the most in depth and the most notes. So it gets shorter, dear listener. <laughs> I, I hate to have a whole thing of me reading. But uh, it is what it is. So Betty and Barney Hill took a spontaneous trip to the White Mountains of New Hampshire in September 61. Uh, and as recounted in the book, uh, uh, the uninterrupted journey from 1966, Barney needed a break from his night shift at the post office while Betty was mentally exhausted from handling state child welfare cases. If there's ever two jobs that need a break. It's a <laughs> guy at the post office and some lady that handles child welfare cases. Uh, so on the last night of their makeshift honeymoon, the two found themselves in Vermont uh, at a diner. And I will say that uh, Barney was a black man and Betty was a white woman in 1961. Yeah. So you can you can guess that nobody ever looked at them strangely or had a <laughs> negative thing to say about them. Never. In 1961. <laughs> they leave this diner in Vermont and they're headed back to uh, Portsmouth, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. If they left at 10, they'd be home by 2 a.m. On the road, Betty noticed a particularly bright star, perhaps a planet is what she said in the sky. When the celestial object began changing its course to an erratic manner, Betty was convinced it was a UFO. Her husband was not now already in Betty's mind. She's got the, she's been pre pre predisposed to think something moving around in the sky. That's a UFO. Yeah. Uh, So as the object drew closer, Barney pulled the car to a stop. And uh, had a gun, as you would back in, I would, 1961. <laughs> uh, he got uh, out yeah. to, to investigate. And they also had a dog with them, too. But we, we won't really talk about the dog. As he approached the object, Barney saw what he would later describe as a pancake-like disc uh, glowing with brilliant white light. Uh, 
was about the size of a jet. And uh, when when you hear of a UFO type shape, Vinny, what do you what do you think of when you the several different shapes? Well, there's the saucer, of course, famously. Yeah. Uh, there is the cigar shape yep. and the triangle are yeah. typically the ones you you hear. Yep. Or hexagonal. Uh, using the binoculars, uh, Barney claimed to have seen eight to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows. I love that. That's always the brightest, brightest ass light you can see. <laughs> but also, yeah, I can see him looking through the window at the same time. Uh, I like that they're always humanoid. Yeah, it's never like uh, I, you know, in a horror movie, I don't care for a tentacle monster. Yeah, I don't like a blob type thing, you know, so I do <laughs> yeah. appreciate when they're humanoids. At least I can kind of picture that in my head, you know, <laughs> it's not some Lovecraftian blob. <laughs> uh, and you in unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway. Uh, that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and commuted, communicated a message telling him to, quote, stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a re recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps, red lights on what appeared to be a bat wing uh, fins. This could be Batman. Uh, <laughs> begin to uh, telescope out of the sides of the craft and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft approached uh, to what Barney estimated was 50 to 100 or 80 feet away. So uh, fling back to the car, he and uh, Betty tried to evade the thing. And of course, would you know, it caught up to him being an yeah. intergalactic <laughs> spaceship. Uh, they, they pulled into the driveway around dawn, unable to recall what happened. Now, dawn, that's not 2 a.m., is it, Vinny? <laughs> it Dawn. is not, sir. Uh, two hours of memory seem to have been wiped from their minds. Uh, arriving home, uh, the Hills stated that they had some odd sensation and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never work again. Barney said the leather strap on his binoculars was torn. He also said he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom and for all I know, I've probably been abducted by aliens, if that's one of the criteria. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if they're probably a little bit sore, it's probably because some humanoid was poking at them, you know, and not well, the probably right so. Right. He found nothing unusual of the of the the, the twig and berries. <laughs> that's the scientific term. They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing uh, the dress that she had worn to be torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Uh, later, when she retrieved the items in her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline, and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but then changed her mind and got it out of the the uh the trash can and put it back in the closet over the years five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress uh now also on the car there were shiny circles on the car the car's trunk had not uh been there the previous day those circles uh betty yeah. and barney experimented with a compass noting 
uh, that they moved it closer to those spots on the car, those circles, and the needle would uh, whirl around rapidly. But when they moved it away a few inches away, the shot from the shiny spots, it would stop doing that altogether. Uh, and then we have dreams. I will put out, put dreams on, <clears throat> on that list as well, Vinny. Yeah. Ten days nightmares afterwards. For nightmares. Sure. Yes. Uh, 10 days after they were abducted, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams, which she, uh, can, which continued for five successful successive nights. She stated that she experimented or experienced them with a degree of detail and intensity that she had never before had after the fifth night, they stopped and never re uh, reoccurred though. They, uh, occupied her thoughts, uh, as you can imagine, uh, the rest of her days. In uh, November 61, she began writing down the details of her dreams. One dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who had surrounded their car. She lost consci consciousness but struggled to regain it. And she realized that she uh, was being forced by two small men to walk into the forest at night and seeing Barney walking behind her, though she could not call to him. And it's uh, believed that she was in so he was in some kind of trance or sleepwalking state. The men stood about five feet, uh, four inches tall and were matching wore matching blue uniforms, not the black ones that Barney said, with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses and bluish lips. Their skin was grayish color, Vinny. Uh oh. Gray. Uh, she we and Barney were taken to their car. Hybrids. <laughs> where uh, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did, and then resumed their drive home. Uh, so we, we'll talk about the missing time. Although the Hills had noted they had arrived home later than anticipated, so the 178-mile uh, drive should have taken about four hours. They didn't realize that they arrived at their home seven hours after their departure. So they got about three hours there where time was missing. A couple had no explanation uh, and it's a phenomenon, what now we call simply missing time. The Hills claim to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of the U.S. Route th uh, 3 between Lincoln and Indian Head and Ashland. Both claim to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Betty and Barney reasoned that it must have been the moon, but the moon had set earlier in the evening. So, uh, hypnosis. They meet this guy, Captain Ben... Uh, sweat, S W E T T. If I wrote that down correctly, he's from the the Air Force. Uh, he uh, so Barney said he recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but afterward he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. Eventually, sighted six men standing on the dirt road. The car stalled, and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still anxious, however, and reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes while hypnotized. Barney said, quote, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Barney described the beings as generally, yes, similar to Betty's hypnotic uh, dream recollection. The beings often stared into his eyes, uh, said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, oh, those eyes. They're there in my brain. Also, quote, I was told to close my eyes because I too I saw two eyes coming close to mine. 
Uh, and he felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Like I just said, and I'll, he said, all I see are these eyes. <laughs> I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to mine, pressing against my eyes. I don't Is want that, any, I don't want anybody's eyes that close to my eyes. These eyes. Frankly. Yeah. Or <laughs> what, what do you think that, do you think that uh, if we're going to speculate here, is that, are those some kind of like uh uh examination tool going into his eyes or something or or the the like old timey atomic age cinema part of me is that's the overlaid vision of why you're being like hypnotized or whatever you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah. you can see the person squirming and then the eyes are overlaid yeah <clears throat> yeah it's uh when you see uh, Dracula hypnotized somebody. It's real close yeah. on the eyes. Yep. Yep. Which, of course, would have been a reference that they would have been exposed to. Yeah. How could you not know what, what a goddamn Dracula is? <laughs> uh, while Betty reported a conversation with the quote leader in English, Barney said that he heard them speaking in mumbled, uh, and in a mumbling language he did not understand. That was, it says here, there was the, Impetus for mumble rap, Vinny. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Finally got some answers. Betty also mentioned this detail that there was a, a mumbling language. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be thought transference or some would call now telepathy. And now Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage on February 25th. Shout out to my mom. That's her birthday. Uh, <laughs> not 1969 at the age of 46. And uh, Betty went uh, on to become somewhat of a UFO celebrity in the community. She died of cancer October 17th, 2004 at 85. Wow. So a lot longer than, than a lot Barney. longer. Yeah. What do you they, like? And, and for Barney, this troubled like the rest of his life. Right. Like, yeah, he was never right again after this. And I, th- I think it's the it's some kind of William Shatner. Uh, bio show that's on Discovery Plus and now HBO where it talks about Betty and Barney and it's it came out that they, they went to go see a therapist and some of those therapy notes were leaked to the, the press but you also got to take into account that this this black guy you can't just say I saw an alien because it's already hard enough to be a black guy in 19 married to a white woman in 1961 yeah that shit is already towing the line anyway let yeah. alone by the way hey me and my white wife saw some aliens you know right right so yeah their their case is rather interesting if i'm not mistaken there was a movie made about it and i think james's earl jones played barney oh, i could if see I'm not that mistaken yeah uh betty and Barney Hill movie. We'll see what uh, the UFO incident TV movie, 1975 uh, with That's James probably, Earl Jones. Correct. There it is. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Na- Estelle Parsons. Uh, yeah. So wh- what do you, any thoughts on their case? Cause there's, there's more to it, but uh, then I it would just, yeah. I find their case rather compelling. Um, if there are, if there are stories that I tend to lean towards and believe it's kind of this one, Mm -hmm. just because obviously Roswell was 
20 years before this, but they just, I don't know something about this. I think it's because of how long it dogged them Mm -hmm. and and that they didn't have a good time with this at any point. Like Barney, especially did not have a good time with this. Yeah. Yeah. Why? If so, why maintain it? If it's like a big hoax, why wouldn't like you get home on Tuesday and on Wednesday, I already got a book written. You know, yeah, yeah. Like I'm on Joe Rogan, right? You know, like it's if it's one of the and I did read some accounts of of people saying that uh, that Betty would just you know she started a UFO like group and every week they'd go look for UFOs and it turned out everything to this lady was a UFO Uh, and it could be she could have gone a little nuts, yeah, after the fact. And, uh, you know, wrote a book and a lot of it was BS, but, you know, I, th- I think initially, I think there's some credibility to that story. And, uh, it's always interesting to me when there's lost time, cause yeah. where did that go? Cause either, either there was lost time because you were abducted or you got dementia or something like lost time to me is scary, you know? Yes. But I, th- this whole subject as a whole terrifies my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we we I can't talk anything like the UFO shit that's recently been in the news. She don't want to hear none of it. <laughs> she, she don't want none of that shit to be real. It absolutely that that is the scariest thing to her is okay the idea of aliens existing. Yeah, I get, and I I think at this point I've resigned to say they do exist. It's, oh, it's they, I'm yeah, Santa Claus in the M and M's commercial. They do exist. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah for sure. Uh, let's let's jump from Betty and uh, Barney Hill to uh, a writer, well-known writer for some people, Whitley Strieber. Do you know this guy? I don't know that I do. I knew the name, uh, and I I looked him up. If you, it's like sometimes I have a name coming to my head. I'm like, who is that? I know the name, but I don't know who that is. It was a few few months ago I looked up this guy, and then it turns out he had been abducted. So Uh-oh. maybe I had been abducted, and it maybe was you guys abducted at the same time. Probably Whitley Strieber. He's still alive and still writing books. He's a, he's a fiction uh, writer for more than 40 years with notable titles included, including the horror novels, The Wolfen and The Hunger. Uh, Strieber contends that his writing streak was interrupted on one night in the late 80s by an alien abduction in upstate New York. He recounted his experience in his nonfiction title Communion in 1987. The alleged incident occurred on one night, December 26th, uh, 1985, as he slept alone in a cabin in the woods. And to that, I say, Vinny, that's his first mistake <laughs> is a cabin in the woods alone, alone. It might it might be peaceful and, and serene, but something's going to happen. <laughs> There's literally a movie called Cabin in the Woods. It's not there good. Is. Woken by a strange noise, he purportedly saw a small non-human entity approaching his bed. Suddenly, it was morning. So, it, was that sleep paralysis? I is don't this know. the movie that is this? Uh, the was the movie with uh, Christopher Walken? Is this the same story? I don't know. Let me look it up. Alien movie. Christopher Walken. <laughs> Alien communion. Nineteen eighty nine. Dancing with aliens. Yeah, the movie. Uh, yeah, it's uh, starring Christopher Walken and based on. Uh, yeah, it's Whitley Strieber. Okay, all right. Yes, I am familiar with this story. 
So yeah, if you want to check out the story further and not have to read, go to check out the mean the movie and get to see Christopher Walken. Wow, dance with dance with aliens, (laughs) fat boy Slim, and yeah, and emphasis on the Slim. By the way, (laughs) what were you gonna say? No, I was I was making fun of Christopher Walken. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm no Kevin Pollock. You you abducted my guy all wrong. It's a wrong tone. (laughs) Wow, how did you learn to dance? Uh, suddenly it was morning. <laughs> Not only had awoken uh, uh, disoriented, I do that every day, by the way. Just <laughs> Fair up, enough. What's going on? But he felt oddly aggressive. Yep, I'm there. It was during a session of regressive hypnosis a few months later that some of the memories returned. According to Streber, beings that he, was, uh, he has since referred to as, quote, visitors entered his home and abducted him while uh, seen as work as a work of fiction. He, uh, he added to his catalog of alien stories. uh, Streber never wavered from his position. In fact, his later work only doubled down on the notion that aliens were visiting him In his book, the key, a true encounter Streber detailed another alien encounter that he claims took place in Toronto. He's asleep in his Delta Chelsea hotel. That's not so bad. If you're going to get abducted, (laughs) at least be in a good hotel. Uh, In the middle of the night, June 6, 1998, he claimed to have been visited by another figure. Uh, I got up to open the door thinking it was room service. It was it was not. It was a man. I'm I'm starting to we're starting to get, I think, is bullshit territory. Yeah. Yeah. How how full was this mini bar? Whitley. And then (laughs) how empty was it when you left? It was a man. Uh, it was a man I described as about five and a half feet tall, older looking like someone in the seven seventies. He wore dark colored clothing, a turtleneck and charcoal slacks, you know, slacks. Yeah. Uh, they're like pants. The uh-huh. claimed the visitor stood motionless by the window for nearly an hour, expounding on the dangers of creating an, uh, an intelligence more evolved than its creator. Streeper was, said it, it was, was a visitor drunk and just showed up. Hey, buddy. Hey, look. uh, I'm looking for Sarah Connor. <laughs> uh, Streeper said it was, quote, the most extraordinary conversation I had ever had in my life. It so, sounds like a nightmare to me. A stranger shows up to my hotel room, yeah, and then stands by the window and orates to me for <laughs> hours. Did they not have peepholes back then? Because I'm going to look through and and I don't know anybody in Toronto or wherever it took place. So I'm not answering the door. Yeah, not at all. If you didn't, if you didn't text me, letting me know you're on the way over, <laughs> not answering. Uh, well, let's jump for Whitley Streber to uh, Mississippi, uh, Pascagoula. You familiar with Pascagoula? I had to <laughs> phonetically spell that out because... It's difficult to read. Uh, October 11th, 1973, Calvin Parker and Charles Hickson went fishing on the banks of the Pascagoula River in Mississippi. I had no idea of any that there were other rivers in Mississippi besides that one. (laughs) At first, when Parker saw blue lights reflected in the water, he thought it was police coming to say, move it. A big light came out of the clouds. Uh, Parker recalled it was a blinding light. It was hard to tell with the light so bright, but it was looking like it was shaped like a football. 
uh, I would say, just estimating about 80 feet. Uh, it, it made very little sound, but just a hissing noise. Luckily, no one else saw it on the no. lake. Big ass, or the bright river. light, nobody else doing anything <laughs> on the river. <laughs> Parker was then uh Parker then claimed that three legless creatures floated out of the vessel toward him. He described hey, hey at least we're not humanoid now. See, now I'm liking this. This is some imagination. Takes a fiction writer to come up with something <laughs> like this. Oh, take note, Whitley. <laughs> not my grandpa showing up at my door. <laughs> he uh he maybe he should have checked that guy to see if he had one of those bracelets. Like uh see if he, he are you lost, sir? Is there somebody I could call? <laughs> Uh, Parker described all three as having mitten-shaped claws, while one uh, was necklace and gray. The other appeared to be more feminine. Okay. Uh, when one of them out tried... Out of that description, how do you get more feminine? Like, what do you read feminine after that description? Uh, to Titties. me... Yeah, I was going to say tits. <laughs> Just... She had uh, big milkers on her. <laughs> Uh, when one of them tried to wrap its hand around Parker's neck, his natural response was uh, fear, but it only uh, oddly subsided. I think they injected us with something to calm us. I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Yeah, Parker, dog. Yeah. Uh, a couple of rum and cokes, and then you d- you take those mitten claws to me, do whatever you want. <laughs> Parker alleged that he and Hickson were taken aboard the alien vessel and experimented on this. Those two Mississippi fishermen. This is exactly who gets experimented on is these two guys. They didn't go off to the river and experiment with each other. Yeah. I don't know. Aliens made me do it. I don't know why I orify hurt. (laughs) I don't even know. They went out. They had too much to drink. They fooled around with each other got sober and embarrassed and came up with this story. You could just not tell anybody. And it's, you don't have to go to the police. Like we're going to see in a minute. Uh, but then this again, why nobody comes forward. Cause me, you and me are like, they probably gay, <laughs> which is fine with us. The just, it's the shame in the closet that I'm not <laughs> yeah. fond of. Uh, so afterward, the two verified, uh, terrified fishermen found themselves back on the riverbank as though nothing had happened. They drove to the Jackson County Sheriff's office and told Captain Glenn Ryder and Sheriff Fred Diamond the entire story. Uh, when I got there, they had me, Hickson told the police. There were no seats, no chains. They just moved me around. I couldn't resist them. I just floated, felt no sensation, no pain. They had the softest lips. No, that they didn't <laughs> say that. But he didn't say that. <laughs> they kept me in that position a little while, and they had uh, they and then they'd raised me back up. Hickson claimed that a machine resembling a giant eye, more eye stuff, yep. uh, looked over his entire body. He said he was surrounded by inhuman, five foot tall, monopedal beings. Finally, can we get a monopod up in this bitch? <laughs> so they had one uh, one leg? Yeah. How do you get around? They're like aliens, Gizmo man. Duck? Was there a wheel <laughs> on it? Yeah. it's uh, they, they hopped around, much like the lamp from Pixar. 
If, if they had that lamp back then, they'd say it was the lamp with the big but, eye coming down. Uh, see, now you're on to something. They're hiding in plain sight, as all the conspiracy <laughs> theory people like to say. <laughs> now, as, as you can imagine, Captain Ryder, he didn't believe the two men. He stepped out of the interrogation room, but left the secret recorder uh, device, which I, I don't know if that's illegal to have a secret recording device. It, it was it was one of those old tape decks with a handle on it that everybody's grandma had when you were a yep. kid. That's yeah, all it you, was. He just left it on record. You get a half bottle of whiskey and you need to start talking to that thing about all your future plans. I'm going back <laughs> to school. Uh, pants, but with uh, that you could rip them off at the knees and be shorts. I thought Slacks. of that. <laughs> slacks uh at hopes he left the recording on to, of course uh to record hopefully to record some bullshit but what he later heard on the recording make him made him think twice jeez he said this is a quote jesus christ god have mercy i thought i'd been through enough of uh, hell on this earth and now i've got to go through something like this hickson said to parker but they but they could have you know i guess they well they they could have harmed us son they had us. They could have had. They could have done anything to us. I just want to cry now. Added Parker. What's so damn bad about it is nobody's going to believe us. End quote. So I mean, either they kept it going. We're like, yeah, just keep it rolling. They did the stay character. Their method. Yeah, or that was real with no physical evidence of their abduction. The alien story remained a mystery. Parker stayed quiet about the event for decades, but after Hickson's death in 2011, he wrote a 2018 book on the matter. His publication prompted other others to come forward, claiming that they too had been abducted by UFOs that night. Ooh. There you go, Vinny. Ooh. These men had the cojones to come forward. And the heart of a fisherman, son. <laughs> now we're going to close on this one, and I saved this one because I knew... You knew something about this, and that's Travis Walton. Yes, one now, of my could, biggest convention regrets. Well, t- tell me about what. Tell me what you know about Travis Walton, because I have a you know somewhat of a detailed thing. But you tell me what you know about this fella. So Travis Walton, uh, the famous movie from the '90s, Fire in the Sky, is based mm-hmm. on his his account. Uh, he was the the most condensed version. Uh, him and a group of guys that he worked with. Were they lumberjacks? Is that, is that right? Yeah, lumberjacks and um, and uh, Sight Greaves or uh, Sit Greaves National Forest near Herber, Arizona. So one night, him and six a, six other loggers. By the way, yeah, there's a truckload of them, like crew cab truck. They pull mm-hmm. up because they they see this light or whatever, and they get out, and there's a UFO hovering in this clearing. Mm-hmm. So the guys get out, walk up on it. Travis at some points, at some point, it's like he is hit by something and hits the ground. Mm-hmm. At which point, every one of his friends runs and jumps into their truck and take off. Friends. <laughs> Terrified. And, but I do believe they ended up, they, they got their wits about them, turned around, came back. Travis was supposedly abducted in, inside of this. Uh, Fire in the Sky is presented as a very much the menacing aliens uh, and all this kind of thing. Travis Walton said that in the beginning, he of course, he was terrified by it. 
-hmm. but as the years have gone by, uh, he does not believe they had any ill intent. He believes that possibly he had accidentally been killed or injured when he approached Mm -hmm. it and that they brought him on board to patch him up before they left him back. Uh, So anyway, he and his buddies, he comes back. He's fucked up when he comes back. Like I, he's can't, I for, can't imagine. <laughs> he's he's missing for like what days, isn't he? Five days. Yeah, and reappears in the same clothes he left in, if I do recall, or was he naked? Uh, I didn't find that either way, but I it's, I've, it's, I've it's shown up in the same clothes I disappeared in. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> but so anyway, uh, everybody separately told the same story, mm-hmm. and the amazing part of this story to me is. All of these years have passed now because this happened, what, in the 70s or 80s? Uh, It was uh, November 5th, 1975. Yeah. Nobody's story has changed. You'd think uh, out of six people on the truck plus Travis, seven people, somebody somebody would be like, hey, by the way, yeah, that was bullshit. Or somebody would make a mistake, Mm -hmm. you know, but everyone's nobody's story has changed and everybody sticks to it has stuck to it and say, look, this is, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Travis Walton was at horror hound weekend in Indianapolis. uh, The last one that they had before the pandemic. So probably 2018, 2019. Yeah. That was the year we met Bob Gimlin. Yeah. 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 So uh, on the separate room across the convention hall, literally a hallway, they had the cryptid guests and mm-hmm. like Lyle Blackburn was there who does a lot of uh legend of boggy Creek, uh, Bigfoot stuff. Bob Crazy Gimlin's hair a- from uh, ancient aliens was there. Yes. Uh, and Travis Walton was there mm-hmm. and I did not meet him. I met uh, Bob Gimlin, the, the Patterson Gimlin, Bigfoot footage guy. Yeah. And I met, uh, Oh, Keith Crabtree, who played the uh, Falk monster in The Legend of Boggy Creek. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, that guy's I big. Did. I didn't meet him, but I, yes. walked, I walked past him. He's a big man. Very friendly, super cool. Uh, but I, I don't know if I just wasn't into it or why I didn't make it a priority, but mm-hmm. I could have met Travis Walton and I didn't do it. And I'm a little, I'm kicked myself in the ass forever for that. He's still alive today, and but he's an older, you know, of course, older. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, let me Google his age because he, uh, I can't find it, but he's up he, there. He's yeah, he's seventy years old, and uh, he kind of looks like George Nori from Coast to Coast AM. If you've ever, <laughs> you know what that guy looks like. But uh, I remember Art Bell from Coast yeah. to Coast. Yeah. Um, and it, it's crazy to me that a member of the Walmart family got abducted. One of the Waltons. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually that was uh john boy's youngest brother yeah the the one we don't talk about we just <laughs> cut him that walmart check and keep quiet uh okay he's he says it was a metallic glowing disc uh making some very strange sounds closer i got to it the more scared we all got and there were some swearing uh at me to get away from there and then i got up close and suddenly got louder and started to move he claimed that the quote non-human beings abducted him and experimented on him until he fought them off. He was uh, maintained. He has maintained this claim for 45 years. So I think this article is a little bit older, but till this day, essentially, 
but as the beings purportedly poked and prodded at him on a kind of table, uh, five days elapsed on Earth where Walton ha- was officially declared missing. Uh, I became suspicious inside the craft, and I believed I was in the hospital. I was in a lot of pain, and as, it beca- as I became more conscious, I looked around and saw alien beings, and I just panicked. They were much smaller than me, and I think that's the reason they gave up. Uh, once he, once they found out they couldn't control me, they split. I was absolutely terrified. I love in this story that he's like, and I whooped their ass. <laughs> Five of them, one <laughs> bigger and stronger. I took them all. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what he sounds like, but I know he sounds like that. I took them all. <laughs> he still he tells a story like he was Billy Jack in there, <laughs> and then and the next time he there was eight of them. <laughs> and there was 12 of them. And I said, I'm going to take this foot right here and I'm going to put it on that side of your head. You ever seen Roadhouse? <laughs> Pain don't hurt. He says that he fought them uh, until a human wearing a helmet led Walton to another room. This is where it gets weird to me that there's another human around. Like there's a liaison. There's That's a so familiar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where he, he blacked out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. Walton has said that he remembers nothing else until he found himself walking along a highway five days later, uh, later with the flying saucer departing above him. Uh, meanwhile, they, you, you can imagine they reported a missing and nobody believed them. They uh, had polygraphs, psychological evaluations and physical examinations uh i believe everybody passed their polygraphs too uh i was all of them but then one that was inconclusive some Mm -hmm. of the majority the majority of them passed it except for one was inconclusive but to me because i i think they were they because the guys went and reported it when travis went missing mm -hmm. and they were like oh so you you motherfuckers killed him yeah and this is the story you came up with Mm -hmm. and then five days later he turns back up yeah well, if, if anything, if I killed somebody, I'm not going to say he got abducted by aliens. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I mean, so if anybody goes missing and I don't say anything, I did it. This is it. <laughs> They're going to clip this podcast and play it on the news. <laughs> but if I said he got abducted by aliens, it's because he got abducted by aliens, Vinny. That's what happened. Hey, well, you tell the truth. In the end, the Walton case remains as inconclusive as all the other uh, daily uh, daily abduction stories, alien abduction stories. Later, uh, the research conducted at the site of Walton's abduction showed an unusual growth in the rate of trees where the the craft had allegedly hovered. Trees near the site were found to be producing wood fiber at a rate 36 times greater than they had in decades before. Wow. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you get a tree to go real fast, but I assume it's UFO radiation. Well, it has to be radiation because if we learned anything from 50 sci-fi, mm-hmm. everything is caused by radiation. It'll make them ants big and then they'll take their <laughs> revenge on us. And our jobs. <laughs> well, they're super strong. They're strong. They're strong little creatures. That's the alien abduction. There's clearly more. Uh, there could be a part two, Vinny, but uh, got to cut it off somewheres. Well, yeah. Why not? You, you hit the greatest hits. Uh, any of those strike you as, hey, yet yeah, that like 
if any if anyone is more plausible than the others, is there one that we talked about tonight that you think is <sighs> more plausible? Travis Walton. Mm-hmm. It's between him and Benny and uh, uh Barney and Betty Hill. Barney and Betty Hill, because I don't know, just something about those seem more earthy, folksy. I don't know. Yeah, something well, about, something about it rings a little more real. Well, and yeah, I don't know, but then I don't know. They there's an element that's why they're so intriguing because there's there's elements to all of it that that grab mm-hmm. your interest. And, yeah. and resonate with you in some way. But almost every time there's at least one part of the story where you go, all right. <laughs> like almost every encounter, somebody says something, you're like, all right. Now you jump the shark in your own story. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But you can't, it's, it's hard to be so fantastical in an alien abduction story. We're already suspending our disbelief, but then one thing happens and we're like, oh, okay. I yeah. I wanted to believe until you said that that they were on a unicycle or whatever, you know, like my friend was famously uh, at the movie theater one time when that Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie was playing. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what scene it is, but halfway through a movie that is Godzilla, something happens and somebody in the theater went, here's where the fiction starts. <laughs> no, I think it started when the credit opening credits did like, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Matthew Broderick fighting Godzilla and I think in New York City. Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, either you believe all of it or none of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but yep. Yep. If if Godzilla started to fly, then I'd be like, "Okay, he's too strong, you know?" What what about when he we're getting we're going way in the weeds here. Uh, what about when Godzilla would do the flying drop kick in the old with his tail. Yeah. <laughs> with his tail uh, launched him in the yeah. At a certain point, uh, keep it so keep it grounded as much as you can in this fantasy story. Uh, but I I saved the Travis Walton one for you because I had heard about him on your podcast, Midwest Monsters. You guys have yes. talked about you. I think you had a whole alien abduction episode, right? Something the, like that. Then, yeah, that's why I recalled those movies. Once we started talking, I was like, oh yeah, there's a movie starring so and so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you that's uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and I've been on it. Uh, I've on the, the Scream. Uh, Are those um, your favorite episodes as well? Yes, when I'm when I'm <laughs> I've listened to those the most is I love to hear me. Uh, I was on uh, we did the Phantasm franchise, which is yes. one of my favorites. Uh, franchises, the Halloween trilogy, the new ones, and we did a Scream franchise revisit up till the fourth one. Yes. So if you hey if you want to listen to Vinny's podcast and you need a good intro, those are the ones I'm on, and then you can go and listen to the other ones. But uh, Vinny, thanks for being on the alien abduction one, and hopefully you uh, don't start to see some bright lights here. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. I, I must booty hole is closed. <laughs> That's not what you said to me before. We... <laughs> to aliens. A, to aliens. To aliens. Yeah. <laughs> not gingers. That's what you specifically <laughs> said, Vinny. Yeah, that that is in the contract. Uh, but thanks for uh, being abducted and being on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs>